Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the void with somebody else who might also be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach and just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth we want this show to grow the same way so if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based company please do us a favor and drop them a link to the show i'm your host mitch smedley and with me as always is david hilton Mitch, David, how was your week, buddy? I know it's only Tuesday, but it feels like it should be Friday. It's been, yeah, it's been a minute. I was so, so. slow on Monday. Yeah? Yeah. After the Chiefs uh, dominated and won another Super Bowl. Yeah. Applause now. I can hear all of you There popping. it is. Yes. There it is. I was, dude, I was so tired. I, I literally yelled at the TV for three and a half hours. Yeah. Mostly when Rihanna was singing, it was so bad. Oh my god, it was awful. Yeah, well, they're they're not in a position to win at a halftime show anyway. Like, no, you, there's you been get so a, many good ones. Well, you get a scantily clad woman on there, and they get clapped back for you're not representing women very well. And then you put another woman on there who's like way over covered up. And, oh yeah, you know. Yeah. So I just miss. They just can't win. I just miss real music. I think. Yeah. Like I'm just an old fart now. It's like yeah. I just miss real music, and like now it's all, yep. shit like that, and it's just yeah, no thanks. It's all. I mean, it's Bruno also Mars is like half, like when he, his was awesome. Yeah, like it was legit. It was badass. Yeah, you know, and it's like I mean I wish they'd do stuff like that. Yeah, like when the Red Hot Chili Peppers were on there, it was awful. None of their stuff was plugged in. It was right. all dubbed. I mean, it was obvious. Well, Rihanna's was all dubbed too. There's no freaking way I she was singing it was that live. Too, but I didn't. I didn't watch it close enough. There's no way she was singing that live. Like I went out to the office and like turned on some music and yeah. hung out for 40 minutes before the Super Bowl came back on. I think she was singing. I just think though that she was singing, but there was also maybe her voice in the mix, like 30 percent. Yeah, her voice was. Eight percent, just enough so where they can say she's actually singing. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> yeah, God, it was awful. Yep, you get everyone crying about OSHA regulations being up on those platforms. Like I can guarantee you, she was harnessed in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like it's running down her pants or something. Because uh, she didn't move. Like, like she wasn't you know what? walking. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, like I mean, you're right. I, I can guarantee you they were clipped in somewhere. You you don't get on a stage that big and not. By stage, I mean like Super Bowl, national primetime TV, yeah. and, and not be following OSHA rules. So, That's probably true. I didn't even think about that. People just love a good conspiracy. I, I kept telling Joey, <laughs> just in the first like 10 minutes, that, man, how cool would it be if one of them cables snapped? Yeah. Like, how awesome would it be if like one guy fell off? And I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're right. They're probably mm-hmm. tied to the table itself, right? Cable snaps, platform falls right down onto DeMar Hamlin. <laughs> That's awful. Did, Poor did guy you, can't catch a break. Did you notice at the beginning of the game they introduced him and he's standing on the field and some fucker walks up and starts patting him on the chest? Really? Like, don't hit him too hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> Chill. No, I did not see that. Yeah. Wow. So. Ah. Game was good, though. Yeah, it was good. It was real good. Another ring. Another ring. We Kick get their uh, fucking asses. We got Super Bowl parade in Kansas City tomorrow. Are you gonna go? I don't know. I'm not going. We're, we're kind of on standby. So because our neighbors two doors down, they work for the Chiefs. Well, he does. He'll be on the buses. He'll be in the parade. 
And so, dude, if you could get a seat on the bus, well, <laughs> how fucking cool would that be? They're <laughs> we're on kind of standby because they don't know what they're going to do with their kids. They want to get their kids on there, but they don't know if they can like their kids are young. And so it's rowdy. Danielle's like, I'll be a nanny, like a onboard nanny. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll wrangle the kids. Yeah, yeah, that's so. what you want. Danielle having three edibles and then watching your toddlers from the top of the bus—that's <laughs> yeah. smart. Well, one one for each toddler and then another for good well, measure. Well, they're gonna have to be harnessed in. Yeah. for OSHA regulations. Yeah. Call up Rihanna Danielle's and watching. Figure them. out how to clip in. Oh What's my funny? God. My experience was because like I've been doing like social media a lot less, so like I felt like I was able to enjoy like start to finish. I'm like, oh, like Stapleton, this is cool. Like the national anthem. Okay, cool, Rihanna. This yeah, is a good Stanton game. Was good. And I went to I came over to Mitch's. I screwed up a drone. I yeah, ate a bunch yeah. of food, and then I went to sleep. And so I'm like, but then I'm gonna face it the next day. I'm just like, I'm so glad I stayed off because you either have, oh my gosh, Rihanna, or oh my gosh, Osha, or oh my gosh, this. And I'm like, I actually yeah. kind of enjoyed my day because it's like I didn't have that layer of like social media being like, oh Osha regulations. Yeah, I went. No, I didn't go to the first one. I went to the Royals. When the Royals mm-hmm. won the World Series, I went to that. Mm-hmm. And yep. it was a lot of fun, but one trip down there during that parade is enough. Yeah. Like, it's, it's. I mean, it takes a lot of energy to get down there. It takes a lot of energy to walk around all day. It takes a lot of patience not to punch some dude in the face for running his mouth. I mean, you've got to commit. Yeah. Like, it, it's a one-day parade, but you got to commit the night before the day of the parade, and then the day after. Yeah. It's like, it's a lot. 800,000 to a million people in 14 porta potties. It is a <laughs> lot. We rented a bus. Yeah. Because I was, I, I told Mark, a friend of mine, I was like, hey, you know, if you're going to go, I'd go. I mean, I'll ride with you. He's like, dude. So, he was working at, um, you know where Tipsy Taco is? Mm-hmm. Well, the place that it was before, I can't remember. Well, he was going with them, and they were renting a party bus. He's like, yeah. dude, for 100 bucks, you can go. I was like, all right. Right. So, I didn't have to drive, didn't, you know, didn't have to do nothing. So, it was worth it. But, man, one time, that's enough. Our boys were tiny at that time, and like three and five. Oh, and yeah, and 15. I took them down there, and <clears throat> Danielle's mom works at a building that's like a one building away from union station. And so she got us like close parking where I was able to park under that building. So that was kind of cool. And then we get all posted up and we're right at union station. The players are going to be walking like, like four feet from us in in coming into the building and we toughed it out and toughed it out. You could see the helicopters overhead. You could get kind of a rough idea about where the parade was. You had no cell signal. None whatsoever because there were too many people, so it all got, yeah, you know, bogged down. Bandwidth for that. Finally, the boys were like, "I have to pee, like can't hold it." And we're, I've got them standing in this big giant concrete flower pot that's like three and a half feet tall. They're boys. I know. I'm like pee in the pot, pee in the pot, and they they would not do it and would not do it. So finally, (laughs) I'm like, this episode is brought to you by Field Pulse, the official field service management software provider of The Void. Field Pulse allows you to organize your customers, your employees, your jobs, and your revenue with ease. Field Pulse is the perfect option no matter if you're a business of one or 100, and their plans start at just $99 a month. Check out the link to Field Pulse in the description of this show. We got to make this fast, and so we go into the building. And they pee, and we come back out, 
and the whole parade's already gone by. Everybody's uh, like, <laughs> we were down there for like four and a half hours for them to stand in a pot and then pee in a building and then come home. Like that's the whole, that's the whole thing. Like, stuff like that just never has appealed to me. Like I like being able to, yeah. I like being able to leave whenever I want to. I want to be like, oh, I have to leave. I have to like walk 30 minutes to my car and then it's like 10 degrees outside. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. And then there's no good gas stations until you get back to like, like independence. Yeah. Like I'm not a big baby. Like I'm pretty tough, but that just it irritates me so bad. I would if they just, wanted to make it I'm badass, not. here's what they would do. They would open the streets up to tailgating. Just like you do at Arrowhead Stadium before a game. First off, that's, go out there, throw no, up some tents. You can't do it. Barbecue grill. Dude, people would be so drunk. I know. You can't you Hell yeah. You no. Bud Light's trying to give away free beer at the parade in Kansas City. Quentin Lucas shut them down. Well, it's because Quinn Lucas is a piece of shit. <laughs> you can't, you just can't do that. It's, uh, I mean, game day at Arrowhead Stadium is like three notches below Buffalo Bills. Like, we keep a lid on it. You know, no one's jumping on stuff, but they drink as much. Yeah. And by the end of the game, I mean, there's so many drunk people driving home. It's too much. Yeah. It's out of control. What's one more for them? One more for good measure. <laughs> when you're when you're driving home from the the bowl, you're just like on the highway and you see the car next to you kind of come closer, you're just like, yeah. No, you speed up. Always go faster than the flow of traffic. Yeah. <laughs> That's rule number 1. What are we talking about today, Dave? Let's talk about the game first. The we're game. talking about the game. Sorry, we were just talking we're talking about, about pricing and profit margins. I thought we were going to talk about conspiracy oh, well, theories we're going to talk about conspiracies all over. Yeah. Uh, and then pricing and profit margins. And then we're going to talk about how to hire. Don't hire your wife, the secretary. They'll <laughs> screw you every time. Well, that's why you hire your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I would think that it would be cheaper to get a hooker. I don't know. Mm. Never hired a hooker, so I couldn't tell you. I haven't either, but I have a good idea that it would be cheap. Is that something you want to go cheap on? No, probably not. (laughs) The older you get, the cheaper your hookers can be. Probably. You know what I mean? Your standards drop. Yeah, well, I was just, you know, you don't have that much longer to live anyway. Like, once you get, like, elderly, you know, you don't care. Like, what's going to happen? We get the hips. Come on, Grandma, let's go. Yeah, you don't care. All right. Oh, my God. So. We're off the rails. <laughs> it's like the podcast I did by myself. Who knows what's going to happen? Chiefs had a good game. They played great. It was. I mean, it was really. It was a great game. It was a great game all the way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Eagles played great, too. Yeah. yeah. They had one. It, one thing screwed them. The fumble. No, the yeah. first fumble oh, yeah. screwed them. The fumble for six. Yep. Killed them. I wasn't even rooting for the Eagles, obviously, because I'm Chiefs fan. But like, even to even as a non-fan, I just felt the cringe. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, that's awful. Yeah. You know that. Well, and, and then the second one. They got lucky. That's a fucking catch. So this whole this whole catch and make a football move. If you catch the ball and control the ball and you're and one foot moves, that's a here, you've got the ball. Here's my thing. That's another touchdown. If you if so, he catches it. He turns. If he would have been tackled right there, they wouldn't say no. It wasn't a catch because you didn't make a football move, right? Yeah. So like, just because he lost the ball during the tackle doesn't mean it's any less or more of a catch. True. Is that that was Wait. my 
that was my argument with it. So, yeah. like, I agree. It was a catch and a fumble. Mm-hmm. I, the, it the, was a freaking catch. He catches the ball, and not only does he catch it with his hands away from his body, he, he catches it away and then And then tucks, turns it in. And then tucks the ball in and then sets one foot to the right and yeah. gets hit. That's a catch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were yeah. four plays in that entire game. Somebody, so, somebody was trying to argue that you'd need to take three steps after the catch before it can be considered. And I'm like, bull fucking shit. No, it's a football move. But yeah. Football move is discretionary. That's the problem. Yeah. There were four plays in that game. The Hurts fumble. Yep. The other guy fumble that got called back. Yep. Punt return. The non-call penalty on Schuster right across the middle, like the third drive. Yep. It was a first first three drives. I don't remember. Yeah, he, he got his arm held oh, behind he, his he back. He didn't just get held. He got destroyed. Yeah. So that kills a whole drive, and then the one at the end of the game. Literally, that Super Bowl came down to four plays. Yeah. Four po- Well, I shouldn't say that, but like like the big punt return, was. there were a lot of important ones, but you could say those four plays changed the game. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you got a whole lot of people crying about the holding call that they're thinking that, oh, the Chiefs paid off the refs or, you know, whatever. And so it's that's because like, a lot of people lost money because they betted for, on Philly. Right. Which was a mistake. And they were doing like 53-47 or something like that. The defender... Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. The yeah, defender right. admitted to it in the locker room. He's like, yeah, I tugged on the jersey. I know it was holding. I was hoping they didn't see it, but they did. Yeah. Like, okay, that should be the end of it right there. Yeah. But like, all these fans are arguing about it. Fans that the well, not, NFL doesn't even know exist. Not even fans. So Mark Levin is a, like a conservative talk show host. Well, his monologue... I don't remember if it was last night or the night before, whatever. He uh, he said, "Oh no, that's a penalty." He turn or not a penalty. He turns and you can barely see his hand on his back. No, the penalty was when they way made before that. when they made contact and he grabbed his shirt there yeah. and slowed him down three yards. People don't understand that these guys run so fast that if you just take away their momentum for half a second, it's a five yard difference or right. a ten yard difference. Yep. I mean, it, like, he cost them one step. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yep. This is where like. Sorry to cut you off again. Man, this guy, I don't know who... Where's Marcus's phone number? <laughs> well, just the, like... Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, said, I think I think Pat Mons is, is as smart because from my perspective, it's almost like he saw holding. He did. And yeah. so he could just throw the ball anywhere at that point. Yes. And he yeah, was he ready to call. He threw it out there yeah. and then was pointing at him, hey, that's yeah. a penalty. And yeah. then no Eagles players on the entire field threw a fit mm-hmm. because no. they knew it was holding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... You don't what you what we aren't hearing and what was likely happening is those refs are talking with those guys. Yeah, I know you, no, you forgot that? to start your timer. What was that twenty minutes ago? <laughs> uh, those refs are likely talking to the guys throughout the game. Those, I mean, oh yeah, you know, so so they're they're either being warned or they're they're having discussion. Well, they've had the whole game to figure it out, right? So it's at the end of the game. It's ridiculous. And and ultimately, Jason Kelsey says it best. You got to play the game that's called and. Like, Jason Kelsey, uh, there's clips of it all over social media. There's a there's a game where he got face masked, and he was like, was it a face mask? No, I'll tell you it's not. And they show a picture of it, and I mean, he's getting his head ripped off. And he's like, I'll, I'll tell you why it's not a face mask, because they didn't fucking call a face mask. You got to yeah. play the game that's called. Yeah. So that's, that is what it is. Well, and the players get it, because... Literally on every play, there's a hold. Yeah. On every play, every there's play. a trip. There, you know, especially on the interior. Yeah. They know. They're smart. They know how to play the game. Everyone acts like these athletes are just dumb guys. They're yeah. very, very smart. Yeah. They know mm-hmm. what's happening. How? Just like uh, that defender said. He said, "Hey, 
I was hoping it wouldn't get called. Like, yep. he knew he was fooled, grabbed the jersey, and all at the same time, people are like, oh, he can't think of that that fast. Yes, he can. Right. He knows. What can I get away with? Mm-hmm. And he tried to do the whole grab him on the inside of the stomach and slow him down and let go. Yep. And it showed the jersey stretch, and he got called. Yep. You know, it's. I mean, it's that simple. But I'll the, tell you. The NFL, the, the fans and people in Philly and people in Cincinnati and all the coasts that we're the new Patriots. Like everyone wants to see us lose every yeah. week. Right. Well, they just can't. That's what's fueled the fire is them just, Oh, conspiracy theory, this, and Oh, the NFL's rigged this. And well, and most it. of that gets derived for, because people don't have the mental capacity to understand what it takes to consistently win at a high level. And if you don't understand what it takes, then your instant default is to say there must be cheating mm-hmm. because yeah. they, they can't even fathom what it takes to consistently do that. It's it's you're right. It's no different than like the Patriots. Oh, they're cheaters. Oh, they're cheaters. Oh, they're cheaters. Yeah. They, I hate Tom Brady's guts to this day, but it wasn't not because he's it, a cheater. But, but it, I mean, I called him a cheater. Oh, it's rigged. They want to see him win. Him and what's his face are their best buddies and yep. blah, blah, blah. And the commission. No, they just, mm-hmm. they were better. Yep. Okay. I'll tell you one of the most unsung players of that game was Jarek McKinnon. He wasn't unsung. He was that, a stud. Number well, 10 or one? Number one. 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 Okay. So here he has the opportunity. Oh, you're talking about going down. To score a touchdown in a Super Bowl. And he, goes and he down. pulls up and yeah. goes down to give his team just a little bit more insurance. Yeah. Like, you know, get six. I was yelling. First off, I will admit at the time I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Go in. Like I and I get I knew why he went down. Yeah. OK, because they can milk the clock. They can Run. kick the field goal. Yep. And the whole time I'm thinking. Bucker makes me nervous already. Yeah, yeah. And you're not just going to take the... You're not going to take six? You're gonna, lead, I mean, you're deep... And everyone was like, well, you know, the Eagles have been moving the ball and blah, blah, blah. No, the, the Chiefs defense in the second half was... They were playing pretty well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Take the six. And then my brother is the only one in the room. He's like, no, that's good. We're, it's over. He's like, it's over. The whole game's over. We win. He's celebrating. I'm yelling at him, telling him he's an idiot. <laughs> and then they win, and I'm like, yeah, you were right. Okay. Sorry. Hey, yeah, I yeah. apologize. Bunker's not 100% automatic. He's still really good, but he's not 100% automatic. This year was, yeah. It's a tough year for him. Well, he got hurt on that field opening well, kick. And that field is not an easy field to kick on. I don't understand why it's so garbage. They live in Arizona. They roll the field outside in the sunshine. It was brand new. And they roll it back. They, they replaced the field two weeks before the Super Bowl. You can't do that. <laughs> Apparently, my brother was saying it's like a, a new tie. How does $800,000 to replace that field two weeks before the Super Bowl. Mm. And did you notice their kicker slipped and rolled oh, yeah. his ankle the exact mm. same way yeah. Butker did on the first yeah, game of the but season? Yeah, he bailed out of it yeah. like just in time. He didn't try to follow through the kick. He yeah. probably was thinking, mm-hmm. okay, if I slip, just go, and who cares where the ball goes? Yeah, and then they were showing shots of the... Uh, um, of the Eagles bench and the piles of cleats because uh, yeah, they were yeah. all changing cleats. Because no one could figure out what they wanted to run. Yeah. You needed two inchers. You needed to be <laughs> yeah. 250 pounds and run two inch cleats on that field. You needed yeah. dirt. Everyone yeah. was sliding. It was bad. Oh, yeah. Until I had to explain to my sister the, the perspective difference. Like, we're watching from a bird's eye view. But, like, the players are, like, having to, like, look through players and, like, other players. Yeah. It's like, why did they see that? And so I had to tell her, I'm like, listen, like, before we go any further, we were able to see, like, we're, like, 30 feet above, like, where the action's happening. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> yep, yep. Oh, my God. Yeah, but you're right. The conspiracy theories were... They were thick they're on at, Monday. Yep. It's only Tuesday, and they're still thick. They're still thick. But they'll die down. Yeah. I don't know. They? I don't know. So do you remember, like, when the Patriots were winning all of those? Was it this bad? Because yeah, it probably normally, was. We're, we're, so, like, I, so, like, when the Patriots would win one, and it wasn't against us, obviously, like, the next day I wasn't in their cities or watching Sports Center. You know what I mean? So I well, don't know. Was it as bad? Not as bad? It's was because, it the same? It's because largely, like, 60% of the NFL fan base is already on to baseball. They're already on to something mm-hmm. else because their team wasn't in it. They didn't have a dog in the fight, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So... Really, it seems like it's more common here because it's our team and we're in it. Well, right? I think it's more common here because in that time, the East Coast team was or less common because the East Coast team was winning. Yeah. And now an East Coast team lost and boo fucking who. Right. You know? Yep. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Just uh, a thought. Drywaller repairs were probably... Oh, abound dude. on, on Monday. Did you see Philly greased all their light poles oh, did before they? the Super Bowl? Yeah, they were like, win or lose, these dipshits in Philly are going to destroy everything. That's fucking funny. And so they greased them all up. Yeah. On the uh, on the conspiracy topics, idiots. idiots. We got a lot of UFOs flying around. Oh man, a lot of them. Yeah, I so. <laughs> We I, talked about, I, I'm not going to run to you, but last week we talked about like the one balloon, right? Uh-huh. They shot down the balloon. Who would have thought that they'd have shot down four in the next week? Well, so I have a thought on that. I mean, what the, f- what is happening? Uh, first off, <laughs> we'll start this with a joke. Um, there is, I see this Facebook ad popping up all the time. It, instead of fuck around and find out. It's a picture of a balloon getting blown up, and it says "float around and find out." <laughs> and lit- you go to you go to the comments, and literally every comment on there is like, "Yeah, that's exactly what they did. They floated all the way around the U.S. Oh, and yeah. found out everything they wanted to find <laughs> out before we did anything." That's good. So, they, like, they're just trashing. I like. I can't imagine that. I mean, who would buy that shirt? That's we we shot a balloon with a fighter jet, like. That's not a notable thing. You yeah. see that list where it's like um, Obama is like the terrorist he took out. Trump, it's like uh, Soleimani, whatever. And then it's like Biden, it's just like balloons. Yeah, it's <laughs> nothing. Right. Well, so here, here's my thoughts on it. Um, for one, like what I was saying last last show, um, I was at the gym and MSNBC had the moniker up there saying Biden ordered the balloon to be shot down. So, like, they were taking... He was getting credit for shooting down the balloon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, of course, they conveniently left out, like, after they got all the information that it needed. Um, and then the very next moniker that was up there for five or ten minutes was balloon flew across U.S. under Trump, right? So they, they were trying to give... They were trying to insinuate that the balloon was Trump's fault in somehow. But what they yeah. were really doing was they were being smart with the words and, and they were uh, without lying. Technically they, they weren't being totally clear, but what they were saying was balloons fly over the U S all the time. They did. They flew over Trump. They were, they f- flew over during Obama. They flew over during Bush. Like this isn't a new thing, Yeah. but because it's topical. Now you're going to hear about every unidentified flying object that gets shot down. Right. Um, well, so, I don't think they were shooting them down. I think they were just letting everything go, but now they're shooting every one of them. Down. Now they're shooting every one of them down. Right. My point about the conspiracy thing is 
I heard today, so the one that got shot down over, I think it was Lake Huron, mm-hmm. they missed the first Sidewinder missile. So then they had to shoot a second one yep. and hit it. There's no video of them shooting. There's no video of them hitting. There's no evidence of anything landing in the lake. There's no evidence of anything. And all of these people are like, oh, we're not 100% sure anything's even happening. Right. Like, we think that the government is just telling us that they're shooting these things down to either politicize it or make people feel better or I'm, I don't know why I'm air quoting. That makes no sense. <laughs> but you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, man, people I, people just need this like little bit of something to try. It's like they feed on lies well, or drama or whatever all the time and they just gotta have it gotta have it there's a lot of people that think weapons of mass destruction was just some big smoke and mirror show to get the u.s into a war right yeah, yeah. so now we're talking about weapons of mass inflation I guess. Biden already Blues. got that one locked down. Stop. <laughs> that is the worst dad joke yeah, ever. That, that's what it that is. That is the worst dad Biden's joke. Biden's like, you thought you've seen inflation. Wait till you see the balloons I yeah, let across he, the U.S. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just really, I'm, I'm, I'm not wanting to say that that's the next like stat people keep track of. Be like, balloons under this administration, balloons under this administration. Then you got to hear debates. I shot down this many balloons. It's, oh, my God. I mean, part of it's kind of humiliating that, like, really, Americans are this easy to... Mm-hmm entertain yeah it's completely humiliating i mean like uh going into the super bowl it's awful they were in uh i think it was marty schottenheimer they were talking about marty schottenheimer's book and in his book he references that the raiders so marty schottenheimer for those that don't know he's a former head coach of the kansas city chiefs in the 90s in the 90s time ago um in marty schottenheimer's book he was talking about how the Raiders would fly spy balloons over Arrowhead Stadium during practice to gain intel and to get <laughs> footage of it. And they got, they got in trouble doing it. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, I mean, like, spy balloons are not a new thing. By no means. No, so, they're not. But, I mean, apples and oranges. It's, I, well, no, I guess I guess what I'm saying is, like, because this one happened this way and they got so much ridicule, you're right. Now it's the government going, well, let's just let's just tell you about all. Like, can you imagine how much shit the government does that we don't have any idea about? Oh, it's and, scary. And not, I mean, and not bad stuff. I mean, for, for our benefit. Mm. Oh, right? it's scary. If they go take out a high-value target somewhere yeah. that we didn't need to be concerned about, well, they're not going to tell us about it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I've, I've had this thing in the back of my mind saying that we could be in the middle of a war and not know it. I've thought that before too. Because Mm -hmm. the wars fought differently now than it has been before. Like, I don't think wars are shot with guns anymore. I think wars are shot with like, um, like electromagnetic pulses that take out power grids. I think it's, it's, uh, wars are fought with data. I think wars are fought with like crypto, like the, not, not necessarily crypto, but like hmm. currency. I think there's a lot of that. You know what I mean? They're just all cold wars now. Yeah. Except for the, you know what? This is a little off topic, but you know the war that's Russia and Ukraine are fighting right now, and they say that like Ukraine's killing a thousand Russian soldiers a day, and in one battle they killed five thousand. There's all this war going on, war and war and war. Do you remember in the '90s when F- Desert Storm happened, and there was videos of everything? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking 30 years ago. Yeah. Now there's a video on everyone's cell phone. 
Where are all these videos at? Yeah. It's all being... Why is it not on the news? It's Why all being held. What's happening? And mm-hmm. Russia is and... Is it happening? Russia and Ukraine both are probably not being truthful at all with their stats. Oh, I, I believe that 100%. So, yeah. That's it's what I'm just, saying. It's, it's just everything seems so... I don't ever understand why everything's got to be so cloak and dagger all the time. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. It's like, what... Give us some fucking information. Some I, truth. Some truthful information, please. Yeah. Instead of this manipulation and, oh, we have to make people feel good about this. And we have to make them feel bad about this. And this has to happen. And this has to happen. How about just the truth? And then, you know, we'll be big kids and just, you know, learn how to deal with it. Yep. Like the good old days. Yeah. Maybe like a stats at the end of each every week of like number of soldiers died, number of number of captures. Yeah. Just read the I newspaper. Just, you know, I always used to think, and I told my uncle this when my mom passed away, I was like, you know, I always, like, I I think about, you know, when people get older and they're like, you know, going to pass away soon. You know, like when you're 80, you know, the best you got is 20, mm-hmm. you know, how does the anxiety and the being worried and does it not overtake your life, you know? And then I just realized one day, I was like, you know what? They're just fucking tired. And they're tired of dealing with it, and they're tired of the bullshit. I'm like, I'm 40, and I'm tired of half of it now. Right. You know what I mean? Like, after, uh, I can't imagine in another 50 years, if I'm 90, I'm going to, I'll be losing my shit. Like, let me out of here. I got to get the fuck out of here. So I haven't watched the news in like two and a half years. Um, You do too. You suck a little of it up off your phone. Well... You I gather TV news. TV news. Yeah. No Fox, no MSNBC, no none of that stuff, right? Don't even pull that off my phone. Um, and it's been very intentional, right? Because like Fox and MSNBC, they're they're like little kids, right? Like yeah, they're one cut toddler kicking the other toddler in the shin. And then I'm going to kick you back harder, and I'm going to act like it hurt more, and you know all this crap, right? And and neither one of them are good for anybody because they're both so trying to get information out that they have to be so extreme in their own direction to to get the attention. Yeah, it's just it's just horrible, right? So it's it's wild how your perspective changes when you quit watching the news because okay. Balloons are flying over. Okay, I gather that. Like, I can see people posting about it. Okay, something shot down over a Great Lake. Got it. Still, none of that stuff has any effect on my life. Like, there was a balloon that literally went right over our head, right, in the Kansas City area. I was fine, right? And I'm not saying, like, it's always going to be fine. But what I'm saying is, like, living in fear and watching the news and constantly worrying about everything the news is trying to scare you about ain't going to make your life any better. So live your life, have fun, enjoy it, be productive. And like, if we go to war, we go to war. And whether I watch the news or not, it's not going to change the fact that we're in war. Yeah. So I can still stay informed without watching the news. Like you can, you can gather enough information from, from everything. But I mean, like another one that I've seen a ton is the, the train derailment where there's the. Which one? Another one derailed today or yesterday? Well, the one that's Tennessee. got the big fire with all the black smoke. And, yeah. So that one, you, that one's <clears> like <throat> a big stir on social media. And they, everyone keeps saying this. The news isn't even talking about it. And that should scare you that the news isn't talking about it. I was in a customer's house today. And 
here the news is, like Fox News or somebody. Talking about it? Talking about it. And they're showing pictures of this big fire. And it I'm was like, bad. they are talking about it. It's just it was a lot people of on social media smoke. are even spinning it. Yeah. To, to try to, you know, it should scare you that the news isn't talking about it. I'm pretty sure they are. We call that clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> that is clickbait. Yeah. Ugh. So, People are just crazy, dude. All right. So that was our real world topics. Topical topics for today. Topical topics. Topical Why are you topics. To fucking get this train back on the tracks. All right. I didn't even derail that one. That was all you guys. <laughs> Speaking of derailed trains now. Oh, uh, topic two. Pricing. Should we just start the show over? No. <laughs> Pricing and profit margins. So we, oh, we're going to have a business topic. Yeah, we, we put a post on uh, our Facebook a little while ago asking for some topic ideas, and this one came up, and it's a pretty good one. So uh, pricing and profit margins, um, I'm, I'm sure he's probably asking for a little bit of advice or guidance on how to set his pricing and what kind of profit margins he should be shooting for. And so um, it's different for every business. It's different for every type of business. But I can kind of give you some parameters for how we do ours in our residential service plumbing company. Um, um, so I can give you some like baseline metrics. Again, it's different for every company. So a lot of times what I'm talking about is going to be in percentages because you want to try to maintain good percentages throughout. Um, uh so, like, let's just start at the end and work our way backwards. Um, you would love to end with a 20% net profit. Um, that's, like, an amazing achievement. Let me ask you a question. For This is for listeners, I think. Yep. When you say that, do you mean on the total job, or are you talking about parts before the job? Yep. So, let's, <clears throat> let's break that down here a little bit. Um, in business, you have gross profit and you have net profit. So uh, if I go out and do a job for somebody, let's say I'm just going to use round numbers. Um, if I go out and do a job for somebody for $1,000 and then I pay myself $200 to do that $1,000 job, um, my labor cost is 20% of my revenue. Okay. Yep. Um, if the materials that I put in on that job were $200, well, now the material cost is 20% of the revenue. Yep. So that leaves 60% for what we would call gross profit. Right. Now, you do a whole bunch of those jobs throughout the month, and let's say they all landed at those margins, that leaves you a whole lot of 60%. Okay? Right. But... Grow, like so so the job has to pay for materials and labor what's left over is gross profit gross profit has to pay to run the business so correct gross profit is what pays for your insurance and your licensing and your taxes and your vehicle and your shelving and your tires and your stickers and your marketing and your everything everything Every little so Nicky knack penny and dime everything has to come out of that because there are two things that are true all the time you have to pay for labor and you have to pay for materials yep the rest is 
you can dictate. Well, so the difference, the differentiator between what falls as a gross expense and what falls as a net expense is going to be um, expenses that carry on whether I make a sale today or not. Those are net expenses. Yeah. So in other words, I have a truck payment. They're always happening. Right. I, the, the business has a truck payment. Let's say I'm a one man <laughs> shop and I've got my truck financed. That truck payment happens whether I make a sale today or tomorrow or the next day or not. Right. So that truck payment is a net expense. Um, uh, insurance, all those costs that happen no matter what, those are net expenses. Day to, we call those day-to-day expenses. Yep. Those are things that are happening no matter what you do. Your, your gross expenses are nicknamed cost of goods sold. And so yep. what that would be is they are expenses directly related to the fact that you made a sale. In other right. words, I would not have to pay myself the $200 in labor if I didn't make this sale today. Right. So that labor is a cost of goods. Um, I would not have to buy the $200 in material if I did not make a sale today. Right. So that material is considered cost of goods. Right. Now, you can get a little bit more finite with it. Let's say your labor is, you should be stacking, in, in our business, you should be stacking your labor into the cost of goods side of things. But like, we pay a girl part-time to answer our phones. Her labor happens whether we have sales or not. She's a net. So she's, yeah, her her labor comes out of the net side of things. Technically, my labor comes out of the net side of things because I take a salary from the company. Yes, even though he's not doing anything lately. Never. <laughs> Never do anything. He's catching up to me on not doing anything. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's getting bad. I'm going to promote myself to customer real fast. Oh, shit. So, Call me um, if you want to spend some money. <laughs> so now, now that you kind of understand those parameters, Parameters, um, every business is going to be a little bit different. And when you are small, you get the luxury of having a lot more room and a lot more cushion. As you get bigger, everything starts to get a lot more important. And so it's good to know that because you want to treat everything as if it's a lot more important when you're small. Um, because those expenses, especially the net expenses, start creeping up on you really fast. Um, you know, all the cell phones that you have, like for our company, all the cell phones that we have to have, all yeah. of the tablets we have to have, all of the truck payments that we have to have. Right. Um, I mean, we're, we're spending like $15,000 a week on material. Um, so, I mean, it, it starts racking up pretty fast yeah when, right? when you're when you're a one-man shop it's a lot easier to keep track of those things it is and as you grow it's a very easy for you to lose track of those things yeah you know if you're not if you're not very meticulous in keeping records as you grow it will catch up with you yeah you know what i mean like it oh i hired this guy and oh too much down the road i hired this guy and all i, I didn't start dictating every little thing that was coming out. I didn't change any of my percentages. I just thought they were all going to stay the same. And then six months to get down the road, you're in deep shit. Yeah. Like you were not setting aside enough money. You were taking that as profit. Oh, that's just profit. That's not, that's not your money to begin with. Right. That's the business's money to pay for those things that are coming up every month, right. every three months, every, you know, however it works for you in your business. Right. Right. Um, so you, you're going to, I like to, I like to operate off of percentages. Um, it doesn't really change the fact that you still have fixed expenses you have to cover, but 
I can catch problems looking at percentages. If you tell me that my labor cost is X this month, that doesn't do me any good because I need to see my labor cost in, in relation to how much revenue we've made. That'll tell me if we have a problem or not, right? Right. And so um, you can slice it up a couple of different ways, but ultimately I look for, like to me, it's a problem. I want to see a 60% gross profit. Um, it's a problem if we're under 50%. So, and that can change. Um, there's no, there's no right or wrong. There's no white and black answer. Is that per job for you or monthly? So we do it monthly. Okay. We, we look at it monthly as a whole. And the yeah, reason some jobs, that's why I ask you because some jobs, you know, Hey, it was only 40 on this job, but it was 80 on this job. Yeah. But it, I know lots of guys do it monthly because let's, let's be honest in in real world terms, bills come monthly most of the time. Yeah. You know, you're trying to run your business on a monthly basis. The truck payments are every month. The, the rent is every month. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, I, I know you don't do this with Ferguson, but like a lot of suppliers are your bills every 30 days well, or you can do monthly. Some of them will let you do it monthly. So, so it's easier for you to kind of keep track of that, especially when you're busy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you're really busy, if you can, if you can break that down into 30 day periods, it's a lot easier for you to keep track of. Yeah. And so, um, it's pretty easy in business, especially if you're newer and you're, you're just starting out and you are, um, you're good at getting work, you're going to get busy pretty quick and you're going to start seeing your business bank account with money in it that you didn't really envision. Right. Um, so, uh, I, I'm just explaining like real life scenarios here. You could have been working for somebody for 10 or 15 years and you could have been seeing an income of a thousand dollars a week. Well now maybe, maybe $2,000 a week. I don't know, depending on what you do and how good you are at it. Right. So anywhere from a thousand to two thousand a week. Well, now that you're working on your own, you're you're watching your bank account see ten thousand dollars a week in income, and you think you're rich. Well, and that's not. And, and we're talking like early on. And, and you just said your bank account. That's not your bank account. Your business bank account. That's that's why I brought that up because yep. when guys first start out and they in heating cooling, you go out and you sell. Three changeouts this week, two changeouts this week, one the next, four the last. All of a sudden, there's a hundred thousand dollars in your in your quote unquote checking account. That's not your money. I I see lots of it. This is going to sound so stupid to some people, but to some people, it's going to make sense. I see guys do this all the time. Money rolls into that account, and that's my money. Yep. I made that money. That is my money. The fuck it is. Okay, you have bills to pay for that equipment. You have. Um, if you had guys, you have to pay their paychecks, yep. which means you're paying taxes, payroll taxes on that. And then whatever's left over, you do get to keep after you've paid insurance and your truck payment and your rent payment for the building that you're in. Oh man. Okay. Oh, all right. I, I took care of all that. Well, now I got 10,000. That's mine. No, it's not 30,000 of that's going to the government. Yep. Okay. You got seven. There's $60,000 in there and you got $7,000. But they see that big lump sum of money and they think, oh man, I'm just going to take, I'm going to take 12,000 of that. And that's my money. I earned that money. Yep. No, it ain't. Dude. That's how you get in trouble. And if you do that more than two or three months a year, and then next thing you know, it's Christmas and you're talking to your tax guy and he's like, hey bro, <laughs> <Yep>. um, <laughs> you, uh, you owe six months worth of 
bills to Ferguson for equipment you bought from Goodman, and since you took that money and didn't spend it on that, the taxes are also you got to write the IRS a check for thirty five thousand dollars. Right. And people, before they know it, like you were saying earlier. A week goes by, two weeks goes by, three months goes by, and you are so busy, and things have just happened so fast. Literally in the first year, boom. I mean, it seems like the blink of an eye. Yep. And it's, it sounds so cliche to say, oh, you just don't know how fast the time's going to go. When you're in business for yourself, time goes real fast. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you're just like blink, and the year's over, and all of a sudden you've got to write some serious checks. And if you weren't doing your checks and balances to get there, I mean, I'm not trying to scare anybody. You could be in some deep shit. Uh, you need to scare people because the money in your bank account and your business bank account is not yours until after the reconciliation of all expenses. Right. That, mm-hmm. And then what's left over, you can either choose to leave in the business and grow the business with or to take as a bonus. Right. Like, like you, that's literally your choice. Right. Um, and the more disciplined people will leave it in the business to try to grow the business. I'm going to... So... Uh, share something right here at the end of the year I took everything yeah because I was trying to I was not I was one man shop I'm not trying to grow the business right like if it grew anymore it would have killed me yeah so my goal was to take the minimum amount I could for myself every month Mm -hmm. as a member's draw okay paycheck for everybody and then set part of that aside for taxes and then at the end of the year they said okay you had this much left you have this much on taxes i had the money for the taxes now that was my bonus at the end of the year what whether some years it was 10 whether some years it was 15 you know it didn't matter but i knew that by just taking the minimum every month and setting that money aside i always was covered man when i started i was so i i had a really good understanding of you know what it i mean i was scared don't get me wrong but but what it took to run the business what it took to set money aside what it took to everything but the irs side those first few years i didn't really understand so i was scared to death yeah so i was setting aside everything yep but i learned real quick oh, okay now i've got this bonus you know yep it was great yeah you know i yeah. I, I remember the first year like i had been literally paying myself the whole year had my money set aside and i came home with a check and it was for eighty four hundred dollars was my bonus the first year. And I mean, I, I walked in there like a proud peacock to my wife. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Babe, got myself a bonus this year, $8,400. She just, I mean, she just, well, okay. Like, you know, yeah. like I was so excited. She was like, yeah, whatever. She says I make that in a week. Yeah, she was, uh, <laughs> whatever. But, it, you know, I had that money. Right. But it was only because I was diligent every month because I was scared to fucking death. The IRS was going to come take my house. Yeah. But that's what I did. And it, it made it... Those first couple of years of being scared to death made it easier after that. Yeah. Because then you kind of get a real grasp of, okay... I can see on my year-end statement, okay, this was money I had. This mm-hmm. was money I could have fudged with. My accountant, hey, you could have done this with this money. Yep. You know, and you learn those things, you know, as you go on. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. Am I rambling? Sense. Yeah, a well, little I mean, bit, it, but it, that it, still it, makes that's sense. That's okay. <laughs> I was just like, an analogy to that is whenever I was in college, if you ever, if you got to a point where you're like, man, I have free time. Look at your schedule again because you don't have free time. Right. Same, with, same with like business. It's like if you think that wow, I have more money than I expected, you're probably doing something wrong. No, you don't. <laughs> right. And, and and if you're like I was saying, to go on Austin's point there, 
if you do have extra money and you think it is actual money and you don't need it to survive or pay your house payment or whatever, just set it aside. Yeah. And mm-hmm. at the end of the year, it'll still be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you can go into your wife, I mean, unlike mine, and say, hey, babe, we killed it this year. I got an or partner, whatever. I got an extra fifteen grand. Guess what? Year end bonus, babe. Yeah. I mean, that is that is a great relief when at the end of the year you're like, yes, yeah, extra. Yeah. You you take it as a reward for operating your business efficiently throughout the year. You don't take it in January because the bank account had the money in it. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Um, From a heating cooling standpoint, that never happens. Well, yeah, there's you, no extra yeah, money. There's in never, never any extra know. money in January. There's never any extra money. So, so some some base numbers that I like to work with. Um, I like to, and this is all as a percentage of revenue. So, um, I like to see fifty to sixty percent gross profit. So, let's just use round numbers. If we're doing a hundred thousand dollars in revenue then I want to see fifty to $60,000 left over after we paid our cost of goods. So that's the labor to make the sales happen, and then that's the material to make the sales happen. And then there's some other small, tiny cost of goods things in there too. Um, but then, uh, so, so now that's leaving you fifty to $60,000 out of your 100000 okay? Um, you're probably spending 10%, if you're a plumbing company, you're probably spending 10% on marketing. Um, if you're an HVAC company, you can get away with like 6 to 8% on marketing. Um, and the reason why is if an HVAC company turned 100000 they did not bring in nearly as much gross profit as a plumbing company did no. that turned 100000 because Their cost of sales is H- double what a plumbing company yeah, is. Yeah, HVAC's costs, uh, their, their sales get inflated because of the equipment costs, because air right. conditioners and furnaces are so gosh darn expensive. Right. So they, they may do a job and have like a gross profit of two grand, and they had to, it was like an eight, eight or $10,000 job to have a gross profit of two grand, whereas a plumber may do a job for five grand and, and have a gross profit of two grand. Right. So it's, there's, there's a whole lot of move, money, I, I say uselessly moving around because it, it's kind of, when you look at it on the books, um, in, in HVAC because they're, they're having to buy big equipment and then turn around and sell big equipment and then buy big equipment and turn around and sell big equipment. So they need to have a little bit more money in the bank at all times to be able to swing all that. But that's why we're looking at it as, as percentages. Um, and you know, an easy way to think about that is, you know, an HVAC company that keeps one crew running of two and then a plumbing company that has two service guys running, that HVAC company may do three hundred grand, and that plumbing company may only do a hundred grand. Yeah. But their profit that they made may be the exact. It same. It may be very very similar. Okay. Right. So don't. That's why Mitch is saying he likes to work off percentages because the percentage of the money may equal the same amount of money later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like um, marketing, I try to keep to a ten percent. Uh, again, plumbing wise. Um, I try to keep marketing to a 10% of our revenue. So every month I go back and look at our revenue and I look at our marketing expenses and I'm like, all right, we were under 10. Cool. Do you like, change that every month based on that? Or or do you like 
try to keep track of it for a quarter and then make a change. Well, so marketing. We're getting deep here. Well, no, and that's <laughs> fine. Uh, again, let's let's say we're doing the hunt. Like, let's just go hundred thousand dollars. Okay, uh, it's an easy number to work with because it's divisible by percentages easily. Um, so let's say last month we did a hundred thousand dollars in in revenue. Well, I would look at my marketing expenses and. I would compare them against my hundred thousand. Now my marketing expenses are, I don't want to say they're fixed because I can turn them on and off at any moment. Yeah. That's why I ask. But they're fairly consistent, right? If I'm, I'm looking for a consistent result from marketing, I need to be consistently spending on marketing. And so, um, you know, I kind of use my marketing budget to set my revenue goal in a way. Um, okay. If we're going to spend let's uh, round numbers, if we're if I'm going to spend ten thousand dollars this month on marketing, then I better see a hundred thousand dollars in revenue this month. That's how my mind works, um, because it's a, it should be a ten percent number. And so if we didn't see a hundred thousand in revenue, I'm going to start diving down into why. And if it was because call volume was low, well now I'm now I'm not getting a good return on my marketing. Yeah. Right. So you know now, that you need to shift your marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um. I'm, I'm trying to think of some other big, like your big three are going to be uh, labor, um, materials, yeah. and then marketing. Everything else is so different when you're a tiny company because you may have vehicle payments or you may not, right? You, you could be spending, yeah. and, and uh, now granted, when you're a tiny company, you're probably not doing 100 grand a month in revenue. If you are, that's badass. Like, you're not tiny anymore. Right. Okay. Right. You're moving up. Yeah. Um, but um, um, all of those other things can can change wildly. Like I've experienced yeah. this personally. Our first full year in business. So we, we started halfway through 2020. In 2021, um, we were working with all vehicles that were cash, like paid for with cash. Well, then at the end of 2021, 22, we traded in those vehicles on new transits that were all financed. And so... That wildly swung our expenses each month because we didn't have vehicle expenses, monthly vehicle expenses. They were they were newer transits. We didn't even have repairs or anything. So we didn't have monthly vehicle expenses then. Now we have a lot of monthly vehicle expenses because we got payments on all these vehicles. So, you know, little things like that on whether your vehicle's paid for with cash or not is going to change those things dramatically. So that's why I'll probably just stick to the three of um your, your gross profit needs to be somewhere between 50 and 60% and try not to spend more than 10% of your revenue on marketing. Um, and then everything else is going to be subject to what you want to do with it to what, whatever you see fit for the business. And just know that the goal is to finish out the year with a 20% net profit. Uh, and so, uh, staying with round numbers, if you did a hundred thousand dollars in revenue for the year, you would like to profit twenty thousand dollars yeah. from a- that after you paid yourself. That's after, after you taxes. Paid your that's everything. After you paid for everything. Yeah. Okay. I and I know some guys that will, um, they will only pay themselves. Like I was saying earlier, the very minimum. You know what I mean? So for you, it's different. Yep. You want to see 20% profit, but what they wanted to do was pay themselves the minimum and then at the end of the year have that number be real big to inflate what they didn't pay themselves the previous year. Yeah. You know, instead of being 20, maybe it was 30, 35, 40. But, it, you know, we've talked about this in the 
some of the earlier episodes, you want if you have employees and you're running payroll, you want to be paying yourself a salary or a weekly check or however you do it and then leave the rest of that to the end of the year. I mean, there's a ton of benefits. Why? I mean, Social Security, mm-hmm. you know, just having that extra at the end of the year, you're getting a regular paycheck. Audits, you know, they're not looking at you taking a huge chunk of money and then having to worry about deciphering through everything else. One, it helps your peace of mind at home knowing you're getting that monthly check. Yeah. You know what I mean? It kind of keeps you on more of a, a a regular keel that you're used to, especially when you first start out. Right. You know, and it just it at that 20% really makes it nice for if you have had a successful year, you can have a healthy bonus at the end of the year. And there's nothing to say that at the end of the year, if it is 20% and you, you know, it was $20,000, like you said, you don't have to take it. Right. I mean, you're probably paying taxes on it no matter what, unless you talk to your accountant, he says, buy a truck, burn that money up, you know, yeah. whatever. But you can... You can have that money, and it is a real peace of mind that you've done everything right when you got to that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of how I was operating early on, is I was paying myself a base salary, um, regardless of our performance of the company. I knew how much I needed to keep our household running, and so I was paying myself that amount. Um, and then if the company did well, I had plans for growth. So if the company did well, I, I had like a list of things that I wanted to buy to help grow the company. And so I was just start, I would just like punching items off the list, right. you know, more trucks, more shelving, more inventory, more tools, all of that shit. So, um, growing a plumbing company is pretty fucking expensive. Um, yeah. so well, any, any service based, uh, trade company yeah. is expensive to run. Shameless plug. If, look, that was a lot of information, yep. right? And we di- are going to dive super deep into all of that type of stuff on the new Trade Wins program. Yep, yep. We announced last week, Yep. for those that have, you know, already heard that podcast, um, that we're going to coach, consult, be one-on-one with you if you want to be part of that. Yep, yep. So we... For, for people that didn't listen to the show last week, um, we have a program coming out called Trade Wins. Uh, Trade Wins. Uh, W-I-N-S. There's yep. no D. Winning, right? Winning. Winning in the trades. Um, and um, it is a multi-level mentorship program where you can pick your investment and how much you're looking to get out of the program. Um, and um, we are putting together video courses um, that you can really just listen to. There's probably not going to be a ton on the video, but they'll still be there. Um, and, and so the video courses are going to go through step-by-step step, all the things that you need to factor in to have a good, successful business. Well, there's going to be a lot of information, but as far as the video and me making gestures, there won't be a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then on top of that, we're going to have like monthly group Zoom calls where we'll be able to dive into more detail with you. But then the, the back end of the Zoom calls open up to like question and answer stuff. Um, and then towards like the middle and the upper levels of this program, um, you start getting one-on-one Zoom calls with us to where you can talk directly to us instead of yeah. in the group setting. Um, and then there's even more group Zoom calls in there as well. So a lot of guys start 
about their businesses and they they don't necessarily like they're they're able to know what's wrong but they don't really know what right looks like yeah. and so um that's part of the the foundation of trade winds is like we've kind of set that we've kind of charted the course and set the journey for you so we'll be able to look at your unique situations and and help guide you through you know, what, what we would do if we were in your situation, because every situation is totally different. How, you know, a business that has all their trucks paid for with cash versus a business that has all their trucks financed, they have two different financial problems. Drastically different. And, and so you can't just blanket advice over that. And yeah, so and I don't want to interrupt you, but like what we were just talking about there, that's a <clears throat> lot of blanket information that yeah. we just went over and you take all that in and then you know, you go to apply that to what you're doing right now. If you're a part of the program, you can literally say, hey, course number 12, I'm doing this. This is what's happening in my business, and I'm lost, and I don't know what to do. Right. You can literally give us the information, and we can look at it and say, dude, you should do this. Or, you know, maybe you just missed something really small. Right. You know, like, oh, it's it's right here. And you have that... Um, that confidence to move forward or have your question answered. And listen, you know, in the group Zoom calls, there may be a another guy in your exact same situation. It may not even come from us. Right. You know, instead of just having two people mentoring you, it's two people plus a huge group that it, can say, hey, look, we went through that same thing. This is what we did. This is how we got forward. So it's not like you're just relying on us. You re- you could literally be, um, you could have the information of 50-fold of us right. in the groups. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shameless you, plug. You, you get access to, <laughs> so so what we're, creating, what we're creating is like a small mastermind of trades business owners. And yeah. um, when you get into a mastermind style group, you have... Everybody in that group has the same goal in mind. They want success, right? And um, I know this from experience. Everybody, like you know this from experience. Everybody who started a business knows this from experience. Um, Your network of friends and family might not care about your success the way that you do. And that's not to say that they don't. It's not to say that they're against it or they don't care. Yeah, it's, it's not that, that they care. It's that they don't have the experience or they don't have the knowledge of what you're going through. Right. But these other people do. Yeah. If, and, if your dad managed a, a manufacturing plant his whole life, he's probably not going to be able to give you too much advice for how to hire a tradesperson or how to do taxes on a trades business because his business was totally different. And, and maybe he wasn't even at the level in that business to do that kind of stuff. And so um, that that's the purpose of mastermind groups is you're literally putting yourself into a group of people that are all like-minded and they all want individual success, but they all want everybody else in the group to succeed too. Right. And so if you've ever gone to, if, if you've ever gone out for drinks or dinner or whatever with a friend and everything just clicked and it was like the conversation was on point the whole time, that's essentially what happens 24-7 inside mastermind groups. So um, if and, you 
th- this program is not <clears throat> out yet. Um, we're like a week or two away from getting it out. Yeah. And so if you would like information on that, um, send us an email to askmitch at mitchsmedley.com and just put trade wins in the subject line. Um, or message us. Or message us on Facebook, yeah. either which way. And um, we will get you on the list of people that we will reach out to as soon as the program fires up. We haven't we haven't hardly mentioned this program. Like, we've mentioned trade wins, and we've mentioned we have something cool coming out. But nobody knows what it is other than the listeners of this show. So um, I don't think we're going to be at a point where we have to, like, cap entries. But... We don't know, and so we're we're trying to value our listeners of this show before anybody else. So we're we're dropping this information here before we drop it anywhere else. And this is not gonna. We are not gonna do like this stupid sales push like every episode of the Gosh, show. No. Gosh no. We just. I mean, you know, these that topic specifically spoke to me. Like, yeah, you could dive into stuff like that. I mean, you could dive into that for three hours yeah. and really nitpick what's going on. So don't if, if you listen to this show just because you like listening to the show, don't stop listening because you think that it's going to be like this trade winds push all the time because no, no, it's no. not. We probably won't even mention it for another – you the, know, it could be two, three, four weeks before we mention it again. I just – I really felt like – and that wasn't in our – you know – what we had talked about, but that specifically right. is one of those things that you can get deep into and really break down. And, you know, as a one man show, it wasn't as big a deal for me, but Mitch ran some big companies and really has the percentages knocked down to the nitty gritty of what you need to be that be yeah. at. So even if you are at a one man show, those percentages are even more amplified. Right. You know, so right. not to drag it on, but No, yeah, it well the reason the plug came in is because it's questions like that that we're only so capable of answering on a podcast because a podcast so a, a lot of the reason for trade wins even coming into existence is because on a podcast it's one directional. We are talking to our listeners and we don't get a ton of feedback. It's not a conversation. It's more like a lecture. And it's hard to have a lecture with somebody that you you don't you don't know if what you're saying really applies to them. So yeah. Tradewinds comes in so we can actually have a two way conversation. So um, last topic for today is hiring. Um, and we've we've talked about this in previous shows, and we'll keep talking about it because it's always it's always a thing. It's to, a constant battle. Yeah, it right? is. It is. Um, I'll say this. Do you want to talk about you want to talk about your first hires, or do you want to talk hiring in general first? Um, let's talk about hiring in general first. Okay. Um, <clears throat> when you are talking, because you're probably not just asking us, you're probably talking to a lot of people. Um, I have a big red flag that pops up in the back of my head whenever I talk hiring and somebody says, oh, you just can't find good people these days. Good people are so hard to find these days. I immediately start tuning out whatever they're about ready to say because they don't have hiring figured out. And I don't like taking advice from people that don't have it figured out. Right. Um, I'm not going to go get hiring advice from the guy who's got heavy turnover. I'm not going to go get hiring advice from the guy who keeps making poor hires and then blames it on nobody wants to work anymore or everyone else pays them so much more or whatever the case may be. Right. So I'm, I'm not saying completely ignore those guys. I'm just saying proceed with caution. Right. Um, 
you know, a lot of times you hear guys say, well, I'm worried about hiring and I'm worried because people say, just like you said, yeah, I can't hire anybody. I can't find it or I can't find what pisses me off the most. I can't find or keep anyone good. Yep. Do you mean that you can't keep anyone good because you're a piece of shit and you're not paying your guys? Or do you mean that's what Mitch means by that? Yep. If you hire your men women or women, okay, and they and you treat them well, okay, if you're treating them well, they're not looking to leave. Right. It sounds so basic and so common sense that it sounds stupid, but that's really the truth. Yep. If if someone goes to work for someone and they say, "Look, after 6 months, I'm going to we're going to get this retirement thing figured out and I'm going to give you retirement and we're going to keep rolling." And then 6 months rolls around and you ask the question, "Hey, when's that retirement start?" When do we start talking about that? And they blow you off. Or it doesn't happen. And then seven months. And then eight months. That person's leaving. Yeah. It's very it's very simple. They were told one thing, and then they didn't get it. Yep. That is the main problem with the arrogant... Like you were talking about, you tune them out. Those are the arrogant losers that you see at trade shows. Or you see at Ferguson when they're doing their the continuing education classes. Right? Or... Free lunch on Thursdays. Or free or free lunch on Thursdays. Yeah. Do they still do that? Oh, uh, I mean, not on, not maybe not on Thursdays. Okay. But. I thought you meant that you're Ferguson yeah. specifically. But yeah, you you know you're talking to those guys and they go up there to puff their chest out and they're well, I just can't keep nobody good. Well, maybe it's because you're a jackass. Yeah. So rule number one: if you get a good employee or employees, actually I shouldn't say that. Let me rephrase that. If your system is in place to retain good employees, you will retain good employees. It's yeah. that simple. So a lot of the way, so a lot of what David is dancing around is most people aren't cut out to be employers. Yeah. A lot of them aren't a lot, especially a lot of our listeners. They're currently <laughs> employees. They're currently thinking they want to start their own business and they're having a hard time understanding that once you own a business that has employees, your customers are now your employees. The business's customers, those are the employees' customers. So you need to separate yourself. So like I look at it right now like my sole job is not to take care of our customers. My sole job is to take care of our employees and if I do that well enough, our employees will take care of our customers. And you, you, there's a lot of people that start businesses that can't let go of that control. And they, 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 they hire people immediately in the back of their mind. They're thinking there's no way they're going to be able to take care of the customers like I do. Well, that's not the right mindset to have. The you, mindset is I need to make sure they have the training and every tool they need to take care of them like I do. Yeah. That right. is the mentality that you need to have. Yeah. Um, and this is a common problem. This isn't just in the trades. This is everywhere. I'm yeah, in, that is everywhere. I'm in a mastermind group, and these businesses are doing millions of dollars a year in revenue, and they're still bitching about employees. And it's it's really cool because, again, in these mastermind groups, you get, they'll, they'll just get called out. 
and, and they'll be like, that's why I'm not any mastermind there, group. There's like, literally there was a guy sitting right next to me that said, I've gone through three employees and I just can't find anybody to work and nobody wants to work and all this stuff. And it's like, well, what are you paying them? Well, I'm paying them X. Okay. When you were doing that, what were you making? And I, I want to say he was paying his, paying his people like 60 grand a year. Well, when you were in that role, what were you making? Well, I mean, I was giving my salary, myself a salary of like 90. Well, okay. Hire a $90,000 person to do that role. Well, I can't pay him what I was making. Why not? Mm-hmm. Like, if anything, you need to be setting it up to go the other way, to where, like, you you almost have to plan on paying your people more than what you were making because you're taking the sacrifices to grow the company. So you are making less. Well, yeah, man. And, they, you could get into it real deep you, there. <laughs> you can. You can. I won't. I, but I, I, I won't say anything the, about that. The summary of that Sorry, is... Yes. A lot of people that so bitch good. about not being able to find good help, they ain't paying them shit. Yeah. Well, guess what? You're not going to find good help because good help knows what they're worth. Good help is going to command a good wage, right? Yeah. So like, like when I was building out my models and my visions for how we would hire, like I know the industry averages on what guys make and all of that stuff. It was literally my goal to pay the guys more with us than they'll make anywhere else. It wasn't, I want to get the best guys and pay them as little as possible. And that's where most guys go wrong. And yeah. then and then they, they default out to, you just can't find good help. Well, no, it's because they can make more money and have less stress working somewhere else. And I will say, it, especially right now, I mean, we're in, let's be honest, we are in a little bit of a weird climate as far as, you know, work. A lot of people mm-hmm. quit working and just didn't go back to work. And so it is quote-unquote hard to find the people but that's on you to find them but when you find them take care of them Mm -hmm. and if you take care of them they won't leave yeah you know what i mean it it is hard to find good guys yep but if word does get out there that you're paying more and that you treat your guys more and they you, will come to you. And you follow through on your promises. They will, they will. It is easier for them to come to you. Now, as far as finding those people, you know, there's something to be said for it's harder to find them. I will give you that. Here's the easiest way to handle that. Um, I won't plan. Finish. Go ahead. Plan on. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. Plan on treating your people like winners and telling them the, <clears throat> from the moment they work there that we're building a team of winners. And once you fully understand how we treat our people here and what it's like to work here, I expect that you are going to help spread the word. Once you know what it takes to work here, because we, we only hire winners. We don't hire losers. And or so we don't keep losers. Anyway. We don't keep. Yeah. Some, yeah, yeah. So they can slip through. Sometimes they slip. They through, slip. Mitch. So <laughs> I've, I've, slipped through, I've slipped through plenty. <laughs> I mean, so oh, I'm a you're, you're making a joke at Austin. Yeah. Dave looked right at me. <laughs> no, I was so, talking about somebody else. Yeah, I know. But I know. You, you know what I'm talking about. So, um, but yes, I was looking at Austin. So sometimes they slip through, but uh, we only hire winners. We only retain winners. And we want our winners to enjoy other winners working here. So everyone knows winners. And here's the crazy thing. The winners can spot loser companies Mm -hmm. and a winner is never going to come for a loser, come work for a loser company ever. No, they don't. So rock stars don't work for loser companies. You know what? They make mistakes and they, but it's not for long. Right. I'll I'll say this. Um, 
and and I'm gonna I'm gonna say part of this was my mentality of how I wanted to treat people when we started. Part of this was um, successful implementation of kind of the winner's mentality. I hired one plumber, and a month <clears> later, <throat> I hired another plumber that I didn't have to recruit. I had to talk to, but my first plumber said, "Hey, I know this guy. He'd be great here." Okay, so here comes plumber number two. Well, then. Plumber number two says, this is pretty cool. I know this guy. He'd be great here. Here comes plumber number three. Yeah. And then plumber number two and three are like, hey, we know this guy. He'll be great here. Here comes plumber number four. Yeah. So um, a lot of building great teams of people comes from the teams of people. And when you see companies that are always recruiting and always recruiting and always recruiting and they're not growing. It's it's one thing. Uh, I've got a company in mind that's out in California. They're always recruiting and always recruiting, but they've gone from like zero to forty million in like four years. Yeah. So, so they're, they're still looking for new guys. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're hiring they're from within, over. and they're like they're just growing. Yeah. If a right? company's not growing, but their turnover rate is fifty percent, it's a problem. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that's different. That's a giant red flag. So um, the easiest way to hire is literally build your entire company around taking phenomenal care of your people. I will say, you know, and not to bash on our young guys that listen, um, there is something to be said for <sighs> Mitch worked at a bunch of different big companies. Mm-hmm. I have worked or worked for just a couple companies, but for a long time. And it is easier for guys that have been around the block as employees for them to have a real goal of how they want to treat their employees when they own their own business because they have seen it all. Yep. Okay, and so this isn't a slight to the young guys that are going out on their own because, to be honest, I'm more proud of you guys than I am you old guys because it took me a long time. Yeah. And those young guys, like the kids that we had from Aristocrat Detailing mm-hmm. that were 22 and 24, I think that was their age, that just jumped out and said, fuck you, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have more respect for them, I think, than I do myself. Yeah. You know, as far as starting a business because I was a chicken shit for a long time. Yep. But the young guys... It's easier for them to just start hiring people because they don't have a real sense of what it was like to work for someone for 10 years. Yeah. And it's it, it may be more of a struggle for them to start out. But if you're listening to this podcast, take some of that stuff to heart yeah. and say, hey, if, if I still was doing this on a daily basis for much smaller pay than I am as the company owner, if it's a small shop... What would I want to stay here? Right. Would I want, I, I would want X amount of dollars. I would want X amount of vacation. I would want retirement. I, I mean, all companies are different. I'm not just talking about the trades. I'm talking about, you know, um, companies in general. What would it take for me to be happy and stay here for a more prolonged period of time if you can look at it that way and understand what that takes and then you hire some guys and they stick around for two years or three years, that helps you in the long run mm-hmm. make more money and gives you time to grow your company because you've hired the right people. Right. Right. You know, and I, I mean, I think there's something to be said for that. You know, you were in management for a long time and it took a long time of getting shit on to realize 
what does it take to keep good guys around? Yeah. You know, you didn't learn that in five years. Gosh, no. You know? Well, and, and so I've seen all kinds of different management dynamics, too. I've been in management where I was in sole control of hiring and firing. I've been in management where people were hired and I was just forced to manage them. Um, and I've been in management where people were hired that I was I was telling them, do not hire that guy. That guy is a giant problem. Well, they would hire him anyway. And now <laughs> I still have to manage them. Right. Yeah. And I can tell you from experience, uh, go with your gut for one. If your gut says go for it, go for it. Um, if your gut says, I don't know, you're probably right. Um, <laughs> you're probably right. Uh, also, <laughs> you you can teach skill. But you can't teach give a shit. So if a guy's got passion and he's got energy and he's got a level of give a shit, that's probably a good guy. If he's got heart, that's a good guy. You can, if you're a plumber, you can teach somebody how to do plumbing, but you can't teach somebody how to show up for work every day. Yeah. You, you can't teach somebody how to show up even though they're not feeling the greatest today. You can't teach somebody how to not lose their cool in front of a customer. Like those are all things that that are just foundation. They're they're ingrained in yeah, people. Yeah, they're inherent in those people. Yeah, and so and and as adults, it's their job to figure that part out. It's not it's not my job as an employer to to get my guy to work every day. It's his job to get to work every day. It's my job to give him the tools to succeed. That's right. So. Um, um, hiring can be difficult, but if you approach it from the mindset of, I want this place to be the best place to work ever, and you constantly keep that in the front of your focus, you will likely not have problems hiring people. So um, right. just kind of keep that in mind. So we've run way long on this show. but uh, uh, It's only like 115, 120. Yeah, something like that. It'll be all right. But uh, uh, guys, if you love what you heard, please do us a favor and help share this show with somebody else who might also want to hear it. Um, if you would like more information on trade wins, uh, shoot us an email at askmitch at mitchsmedley.com or uh, reach out to Dave or I on Facebook if you're friends with us on Facebook and uh, send us a message so um other than that we will check with uh, chat with you later <laughs> i love you guys see ya